You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 88. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should do. Hello, everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. And today's episode is You Are Not That Special. Wow, there's a title to really want you to tune in for the podcast, me saying you are not that special. But hang on, hang on, because we are in a season right now, a 10-week season on behavioral finance. Last week, had to take the week off because we had to finally get to the second quarter review, but now we're up to week number four. If you haven't tuned in to one, two, and three, you will find them either on your favorite podcast app, most likely the iTunes podcast app, or at bestandwealth.com. And you can find the episodes by easily going www.bestandwealth.com slash 84 for the first one, www.bestandwealth.com slash 85 for the second one, and then 86 for the third one. And not that you have to listen to these other three to understand this one. And maybe you're a first-time listener and you'll listen to this one and then you think, wow, I probably ought to learn a little bit more about behavioral finance before I get too deep into this financial freedom or retirement business. But before we get started, want to let you know something that went down last week. My dad and I attended the Donald Driver Hall of Fame induction ceremony. For those of you who don't know, I'm from Wisconsin. I have a deep love for the Green Bay Packers. Do not hold that against me. And Donald Driver was a great wide receiver, and he was being inducted into the Hall of Fame. So each year when a couple guys get inducted, the Packers have this big party to celebrate. And tickets are very expensive. You get a nice steak dinner. You get some wine. You get the whole nine yards, appetizers, things to take home with you. And the reason we went is because my wife got us tickets for Father's Day. She had a real hard time getting the tickets. And I'm going to be honest with you. When she got those tickets, I was thinking to myself, oh, baby, that's a lot of money. Do we really need to be spending this kind of money for my dad and I to attend this Donald Driver thing? And then we went and it was well worth it. And let me ask you right now, are you building abundance in your cornerstones? Do you even know what your your cornerstones are? The most important things in your life, like your family, your friends, your health, maybe your career, your experiences, your spirituality, and uh, also your finances. 
If, if you can identify what they are early or the earlier the better and make a plan to build abundance in these cornerstones, you will end your life with zero regrets. Is it difficult to sit back and think of what your cornerstones are? No, I think you can do that. It's making a deliberate plan to add abundance in them on a consistent basis. That's the hard part. You know, without even thinking about it, we build abundance in our cornerstones just by going about our day-to-day activities. But what if you were deliberate about it? What if, what if you set a plan out in all the things that you were going to accomplish within each cornerstone? Would you be working at the same job as you are right now? Or would you be taking actionable steps to get to your dream job? Would you simply be an okay dad or a dad that is there but not there, if you know what I mean? Or are you going to be a dad that is present in your kids' lives? What are your cornerstones? Are you building abundance in these cornerstones? I'm, I'm guilty of it myself. And I really need to thank my wife for being deliberate and setting up this experience with my dad and I. Because when I think about it, my dad and I haven't done that many things together. Just us. You know, we spend a lot of time together, but not always just this one-on-one time. And it was one of the best experiences of my life because I was standing right next to my dad. That, my friends, is real wealth. Let's get to the topic of the day. You are not that special. That is the topic of of the day. Now, what do I mean by that? Because you know what? We're all special people. But when it comes to behavioral finance, my friend, you are not that special. And guess what? I'm not that special either. So the series we're on on behavioral finance is based on Dr. Daniel's book, The Laws of Wealth. And this is one of the laws. And as I started out each of these weeks, Dr. Daniel starts out with a quote in his book, and his quote was from Chuck from the Fight Club, if you've seen that movie, and it it states, you are not special. You are not a beautiful or unique snowflake. You're the same decaying organic matter as everything else. Whoa. Still not starting off on the right foot trying to get people to listen to this podcast. But let me ask you a question. Do you think that you're a better than average driver? Be honest, because the answer is 90% of drivers believe they are better than the average driver. But guess what? That's impossible. Compared to the average driver, 50% are better and 50% are worse. 90% of people can't be better than the average driver, although 90% of us think that we are. There's names for this kind of thinking too. Illusionary superiority. That's one of them. Another one is the better than average effect. And it's not only driving. We think that we're more honest than the average person. We think we're more persistent. And we think we're more original than the average person. It's just impossible because only half of us can be better than average. The same is true in investing. You may not say it out loud, but a lot of us think this way. 
If you don't know the rules of good investing and you rely on your own intuition about a stock or your risk level or where the market is headed, you set yourself out as someone who is above average, someone who's better than the rules to follow. You have this feeling that this particular stock or sector is going to do better or country. I work for this specific company, so I know the stock is going up because I have the inside scoop. Why do you think people think that they're above average in driving or more honest or a better investor? Because average is linked to something negative, not positive. And people, they just don't want to be average. They want to be above average. Average just, it doesn't sound good. But as I learned from this book, when it comes to investing, investors who own their own mediocrity are able to rely on rules and systems. They do what works, what the research tells them. They build a plan around it and they're able to reap rewards. But the opposite, those who believe they are better than average, they go down a completely different road. Because they don't want to be average. They want to beat the market or they want to get to financial freedom sooner than the guy next to them using maybe risky speculation. They insist on flaunting the rules in favor of their own ideas and pay a steep price for their ignorance. And this isn't just an inexperienced investor. This is somebody who went to college and then off to Wall Street. The same things apply. You know, I'm a prideful person. I always have been. It's something I'm working on. My wife reminds me of this all the time. And I suffer many times from something called overconfidence bias. I like to inflate my successes and deflate my failures. I do it in in business all the time. If you've listened to this podcast for a long time, you know that I started Fortress Planning Group because it was my passion. And I let everybody know it. So when people see me, they ask how business is going. And I always, always say, great, my job is awesome. I made the right decision. And I do believe I made the right decision, but it's not always great. I still have bad days. There's parts of my job that I don't like. I have failures. There are prospective clients that come to me and decide not to hire me as their financial advisor. That happens. But I enjoy telling people when new clients come aboard, I don't enjoy and I don't even bring up when new clients or prospective clients reject me. In the medical world, this is something called fundamental attribution error. And thank goodness I'm not alone, or I'd have a big old complex about this. In the book, In Search of Excellence, 100% of the men in this study thought they were better than average interpersonally. And 94% of all the people, men and women, said they were better than the average person at athletics. This is impossible, as we noted earlier. 
And James Monnier said 95% of people in his study think that they have a better than average sense of humor. Impossible. But I'm of that 95% because I think I'm a pretty funny guy. And I'm probably not. I'm probably in the bottom 50. In this chapter, Dr. Daniel talks too about the worldwide mathematical proficiency. And in the U.S., or the U.S., is in the middle of the pack for mathematical proficiency. But ask U.S. citizens, and we lead the pack. The combination of mathematical mediocrity and overconfidence may just be what is wrong with Wall Street today. Trying to time the market trying to find that next hot stock, getting over risky with your clients. I mean, all the mathematics in the world is not going to help you time the market. I used to have a dog, Frankie. Actually, my in-laws have Frankie right now. And when Frankie was a puppy, and even now with Frankie, because Frankie's a little bit crazy, but your puppies, even some of your dogs, when you're walking them in the morning, and they're going this way and that way, trying to smell every smell that they can. You don't know what their next move is because they're bobbing and weaving in and out, back and forth. You can't predict the next movement of your puppy. You never know what the dog is going to do next. That, my friends, is like trying to time the market. We do not know. Mathematics only show us that it's impossible to time the market because there is no, I repeat, no system or formula to help you do this. But both novice and professional investors try and do this all the time. And I'm not even talking trying to get in and out of the market completely, but trying to time when the U.S. is doing better or international or emerging or value or small or growth or large happens all the time. The overconfidence makes them believe in their guess, and they try to get you to believe too. And then every once in a while, they make a good decision. Or I should say every once in a while, we make a good decision about our money. And that that good decision is what we own. This is what we talk about. This is what we remember. But that bad money decision, that bad market timing, that buying something we never should have bought, those failures we completely suppress. And in the end, we think that we're a better than average person with our money. We remember the success and forget our failures, and it leads us to think that we're better than average with our money and with our investing. When your portfolio is up, who do you credit? you credit yourself. When stocks are down, you blame something external. Jeremy Grantham was asked what people learned about the Great Recession. And he responded, in the short term, people learned a lot. In the medium term, very little. And in the long term, nothing at all. This is a historical precedent. And in the book, Dr. Daniel says, arrogance is the enemy of the very self-reflection that saves us from ourselves and allows us to learn from history. This happens in my business all the time. I work hard to try and determine a client's risk level, both from a risk questionnaire, but mostly from our conversations and their past actions. But when times are good, clients wonder, why aren't we in more stocks? 
forgetting about the past, forgetting that we're building portfolios for the long term, not knowing in the short term what might happen. Portfolios for financial freedom and retirement need to be built for a lifetime. But then the opposite happens. They're happy when the downside comes and they aren't fully risked up into the market because we're going to go through another recession. We always do. We're going to go through another correction. We always do. And then they're happy. But then only for a short period of time because then people start wondering, why aren't we weighted more in in bonds and, and cash because the market took a dip? Why did you have me in this much of a stock portfolio. The yang and the yang happens constantly. In the book, Dr. Daniel finishes the chapter going back to the quote saying, if we make decisions with the mindset that we are a unique snowflake, we are likely to ignore potential risks. Hey, it's as simple as admitting that you are not an above average person. It's the best thing you can do for your money's long-term future. The one that admits he is not above average puts themselves in a place for the best chance of success. All right, so now you understand why you are not that special, but you know that I'm not that special either. Your neighbor's not that special. The person you sit next to at work, they're not that special. None of us. What about takeaways from this? I have three of them for you. Number one, admit. Admit that you are no wiser or more self-controlled than the average participant in money. That's number two, or sorry, number one. Number two, when confronted with an investment opportunity, ask yourself this question. Why have others passed on this same investment opportunity? Ask yourself that question and likely you'll figure out that you're just caught up into something, some sort of overconfidence bias and you need to move on. And three, follow the guidance of your written financial plan. If you don't have one, get one written by an objective certified financial planner because then you won't come from a notion that you do things on a whim, that when you're overconfident, you make decisions. Now you have a written plan that you can stick to and you will make decisions on your money based on what's in your best interest for the long term. Those are the three things. Write them down, remember them, because you will be faced over and over again with overconfidence and thinking that you're above average in all parts of your life. But because this show is about money, you want to make sure that you're making the right, mo- the right money moves today, tomorrow, and for your lifetime. I hope you guys have an unbelievable week. I hope that you're learning from this behavioral finance season. And I will see you... I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, everyone.
The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.